The 2024 election is our one chance to save our country, and we need a leader who is ready to do that on day one. I wonder who that may be. Welcome to Open Source News. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and turn on the notifications bell so you don't miss out on real news. Welcome to the BCP Podcast. This is the Open Source Edition. Okay, if you watched yesterday morning's episode where I broke the story that it was just then happening, the early surprise visit of Joe Biden to Kiev, Ukraine, you'll recall that I made fanfare about the fact that there were sirens going off, but everyone seemed to be business as usual, air sirens that usually indicate some sort of danger or explosion or something. And the whole thing seemed like a Hollywood production. Well, check this out. This is from a CNN reporter reporting on what it's been like there the whole week. This is uh, CNN's Alex Marquardt. Um, I've been here for the past five days. I have not heard any explosions. I have not heard any air sirens until about half an hour ago, right when uh, President Biden was in the center of Kiev, as, as Clarissa was, was just mentioning. Nothing. He'd been there for five days. Nothing. No explosions. Nothing. No air sirens. It happens when Biden gets there. It's all for dramatic effect, folks. This is an absolute production. We're watching a clown show pre-produced by CBS, NBC, Universal, Disney. I don't know who the hell is producing it, but it's not authentic. That's for sure. All right, folks, let's go to the Sunday shows. John Kirby. John Kirby. We have since shot down three other objects. The president came out and said that they're most likely balloons tied to private companies, recreation or research institutes um, that are studying things like weather or other things. My understanding, correct us if we're wrong, we're told these missiles used to take out these balloons are over $400,000 each. One of them, um, apparently we used two, and the balloon was only maybe worth $12. $12. Up to $180. Actually kind of surprised that John Kirby would actually be on Fox News. Oh, but then if we forget, Fox News really isn't the conservative powerhouse news outlet they used to be. Here's the ridiculous answer. What do you tell the American people about our ability, our radar, our defenses yeah. to differentiate between real threats? Um, because we can't spend that kind of taxpayer money taking down hobby balloons. Well, we don't know exactly what these balloons were. And then we've called off now the search in Lake Huron and the one over Alaska. So we may never know completely. We'll never know completely. As if we're supposed to believe that they actually mounted a real serious search for these items, for these unidentified aerial objects. I mean, once again, it's kind of hard to find a little tiny balloon in the middle of Alaska. And that's all by design, on purpose. Yeah, we, we got to have to call it off. We'll never know the truth. Everything they do is veiled in secrecy, darkness, and a lack of transparency. But the leading intelligence community assessment is that they were probably for benign purposes, whether it's weather or commercial scientific research. Uh, but the president made uh, the best decision he could in the moment with the information that he had. And there we go. That's how you know this whole thing's a fairy tale. Biden shot down these benign balloons because with the intel they had at that moment, Biden did the right thing and made the right call. 
But wait a minute. Remember, he could make that call with the Chinese spy balloon, the one that Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State, is now admitting was a Chinese spy survey surveying uh, surveillance object. But that one didn't get shot down. The story's inconsistent because that's how liars are. They have to lie to cover their previous lie and then lie to cover that lie, hoping you forgot the previous lie. Well, we haven't, have we? Do we still believe that the balloon, uh, the surveillance balloon over the continental United States was an intentional act? Or do you believe that part of it was an accident? Well, Chuck, what I can tell you is this. Uh, what, is, what is clear is that <clears throat> once the balloon was over the United States and flying basically west to east, it attempted to surveil very sensitive military sites. And yet Joe Biden didn't shoot it down, or he said he wanted to, but he was told not to. Hmm. But little weather balloons and $18 apparatus, <laughs> we got to shoot those damn things out of the sky. Um, in some cases, it loitered uh, or returned to them as it progressed east. So there is no doubt in our minds at all that A, this was a surveillance balloon, and B, it was attempting to engage in active surveillance. Of course, this is by design showing weakness to the world and to China. We don't shoot down China's vessels, but we shoot down other things. And then trying to act tough. And then the toughness continued through the weekend with Blinken saying, China better not get involved in this whole Russian-Ukraine thing. After he literally went on television on the U.S. press shows on Sunday saying, yeah, this thing was a spy thing. We know it's a spy thing, but we let it continue to surveil us. How can anybody take these people seriously? John, what did we hear when it comes to what the U.S. says is that they have information that Beijing is considering providing assistance when it comes to Russia's ongoing war in Ukraine? Real quick, got to interject here. Can you imagine the Chinese having to look at Anthony Blinken in the face to face and do it the straight face? He's telling them, you better not get involved helping Russia. Knowing damn well that we didn't shoot down one of their spy balloons, knowing it was spying on us. I mean, you don't even have to have a poker face with with these current U.S. clowns with Anthony Blinken. You just have to have the ability not to laugh in their face. Well, what we know is that the United States has, has long made it known that it is uh, it would be strongly opposed to China providing assistance of that sort to Russia in the war in the Ukraine. Uh, that has been repeated over and over. Now, the question, of course, people are wanting to know is, is this an idle threat for idle threat or is this intelligence or do we know something about China already providing munitions or assistance to Russia? Uh, We have not seen any evidence of China providing arms or uh, any substantial aid to Russia. But obviously, again, Secretary Blinken underlying how strongly Washington feels that that is uh, a red line for it. Okay, so that was all the drama on Sunday. And on Monday, China had this to say. China has now reacted to Joe Biden's visit to Kyiv. They say, and I quote, U.S., not China, that has been pouring weapons into the battlefield in Ukraine. U.S. is in no position to tell China what to do. 
Now, I oppose the Chinese Communist Party. I also oppose the regime of the former Vice President Joe Biden. I don't like warmongers. I don't like nation building. And guess what? In this exchange, China's absolutely right. Really. Joe Biden and the West providing weapons to Ukraine, therefore being a proxy to this war, telling another country who's allies with Russia not to do the same thing. Agree or disagree, China has a point in their response. China will never accept U.S. finger-pointing or coercion as far as Russia-China relations go. All right, so where does all this posturing, where does this new Cold War situation with both Russia and China and the U.S. over Ukraine and other geopolitical events put us? Well, it puts us, as I just said, in a new Cold War. Now, hundreds of protesters gathered in D.C. on Sunday for the March Against the War Machine rally. It featured uh, speakers from the left and from the right. The great Ron Paul, uh, Roger Waters of Pink Floyd. But I want to highlight something that was said by folks that are generally that are generally on our side, but not on our side when it comes to this topic. I think it's important sometimes to show you how we can agree with people on the left about very important things. Okay, so I could play you Ron Paul, one of the people that was that was there, but I'd rather play for you moderate. I wouldn't call her a right winger, but I would call her common sense and I would call her an ally against the war machine. And that is former legislator and former presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard, one of the speakers at Sunday's event. We're either going to work towards peace, de-escalate tensions, move away from this new Cold War, or we will continue to race rapidly towards nuclear brink, toward a new Cold War with Russia, a new Cold War with China, and therefore racing towards nuclear war. Now, of course, us common folk, us simpletons, us MAGA, America first, we deplorables, and other common sense individuals are like, If there's a nuclear war, it's going to affect all of us. How come these people just don't care? Tulsi Gabbard is quite awakened. And seeing that she was in D.C., she knows what's up. This is why they're not afraid. Those people who work in our nation's capital eagerly continue to escalate tensions, eagerly wage new cold wars, understanding that if there's a nuclear attack. Yes, they will be okay in their bunkers where they literally have plans to be able to continue to wage wars from their bunkers without any consideration for the rest of us and the destruction and incineration that their wars will cause. These people hate us and they think they're immortal. They definitely have a God complex. And there's another complex that they work for and are paid for and are beholden to. That's the military-industrial complex. We'll get back to Tulsi in a second, but let's listen to a comedian and... I don't, I don't listen to the show hardly ever, but every once in a while I'll listen to what Jimmy DeVore has to say. 
And even though he's on the left, from what I understand, he is on the right side, like many hardcore uh, leftists that aren't Marxist, but are very liberal, who are classic liberals in that they like peace. Remember when liberals were all about peace? Yeah, there's some of uh, some of them are still around. And some of them, like Jimmy DeVore, make uh, excellent points about what's really going on and who are the real power players. Do you know we could end this war today through diplomacy, but our politicians want to enrich weapons manufacturers so they keep donating to them to the tune of $100 billion. Chris Hedges has called America a mafia state. Systems of governance that are seized by a tiny cabal become mafia states. The military-industrial complex and the Ukraine war represent an orgy of looting and corruption. What always boggles my mind are the hardcore socialists that recognize that there's corruption in government and in business and in any institution that wields power over people. Yet their idea of the solution of this is more government. It just blows my mind the nonsensical nature and the illogical nature of socialists. I mean, you've got people like Bernie Sanders. Uh, He's a hypocrite. I was going to show you a clip of his, but maybe we'll do it some other episode is not really going to fit into the flow of what I'm trying to share with you here. But you have people like Bernie Sanders and others are like the corruption and they're putting all the corruption and and, and the answer to all this corruption is more people who have more power to be more corrupt, bigger government, more government solving everything. It's nonsensical. There's a basic principle in business in personal philosophy in personal development in personal enrichment, whatever you want to call it. And it's the idea that you cannot solve a problem with the same mind that created that problem in the first place. You can't solve uh, government corruption with bigger and more government. It doesn't work. What you need to do is solve government corruption by having government do what it's supposed to do and be held accountable from uh, the legal thing. But what you do is you dismantle the power structure. That's how you deal with an institution. You dismantle it or you limit its power or you downsize it. You don't give it more power. To me, it just seems obvious. All right, let's wrap up with uh, with this before we get into Trump uh, with the last few very insightful things by Tulsi Gabbard. We don't want war. We don't want war. And we definitely don't want nuclear war, which is mutual destruction. This proxy war that we're fighting against Russia right now could turn at any moment into a direct conflict between the United States, NATO, and Russia, a country that has more nuclear weapons than any other in the world. Now, anyone with a little bit of common sense knows that a cold war can very quickly turn to a hot war, and that when you're waging a hot war against a nuclear-armed country, It's just a matter of time before it leads to the use of nuclear weapons at any moment. Well, if Putin used a nuclear weapon, even if it's strategic or just a dirty bomb, then we can do this and that America has the capability to do this, but NATO can retaliate this way. Is anybody else seeing a problem with any of this? Tulsi Gabbard does. And here's the insanity of it all. 
We have talking heads on TV, we have politicians, we have very powerful people here in the United States and all around the world speaking with a straight face, well, you know, if we start World War III or when World War III starts, here's how we're going to fight and win. That if Putin decides to use tactical nuclear weapons, here's what we're going to do as though such a war could ever be won. It cannot be won. World War III cannot be won. Thank you, Ms. Gabbard. Yes, World War III is not like the others. It's a lose-lose-lose proposition. Diplomacy is necessary to stop this madness. I'm of the opinion, I don't think, and I don't know. I don't know. I'm not in his mind. I'm not in his cabinet. I don't know where this comes from, but my analysis of Vladimir Putin is he's not going to use a nuke. But do you really want to bank on one person and their whims? I am not a fan of Vladimir Putin. I'm not a fan of Zelensky. I'm not a fan of Joseph Biden. I'm a fan of President Trump because he is a peace and prosperity president. And he knows how to de-escalate and not start new conflicts. And keep America safe and be all about America first, not meddling in others' affairs. And boy, do you want him back. Folks, uh, today or yesterday, I'm recording this midnight for a very early uh, edition on Tuesday. So for me, it's still Monday. But uh, President Trump on President's Day talked to the the 45 Club in Florida. And he said some uh, very important things. But the beauty of it is, look at these people across the way at the street from him, greeting him, wanting President Trump back, showing much love to our beloved president, number 45. Do you ever see this for Joe Biden? The guy, even though he has 81 million million, uh, voters, excuse me, subscribers to his great policies in 2020, he can't get people to come out and see him. Anyway, let's get into some vital things that President Trump said about what's going on and what he's going to do. We love Trump! 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 Well, over the last two years, the destruction that they've done in two years, nobody's ever seen anything like it. And even now you have a president going to Ukraine and you have people in Ohio that are in desperate need of help. And I was very proud to say that I announced I was going to Ohio. You know, FEMA said we're not going to give them anything. The Biden administration said we're not going to give them anything. And then I announced I'm going. Please sit down. Yeah, go ahead. Sit. We'll be here for a while. What do we have to do? In contrast to Joe Biden, who hates Americans, President Trump loves his supporters and Americans, and he's not in a hurry. He doesn't mind being with fellow Americans. Stark contrast to Joe Biden that whenever he does a little thing, he just smiles and looks at everyone like the uh, the village idiot that he is, and then his handlers corral everybody out and get him out. No, nope, President Trump knows how to work a crowd. Have a seat. We're going to be here a while. We're going to talk about things that we love, America and great policy. What do we have to do? 
But they weren't going to get anything from FEMA. They weren't going to get anything from anybody. And then I announced, I'm going. And FEMA said, oh, we'll give you whatever you want. Everybody's throwing it at them now. And you know what? I'm happy about that. That's good. We're going to go on Wednesday. But as soon as we announced we were going, the money started rolling in. But it's not supposed to be that way, is it? See, President Trump's about the people. Obviously, he announced that he was going tomorrow, Wednesday, that he would be there. And then all of a sudden, as I previously reported over the weekend, oh, FEMA says, oh, no, we can help you. But you listen to what President Trump said. He goes, hey, that's, that, they're supposed to do that. He says he may be the, 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 he may have been the catalyst for it, but he cares about the people and the, the right thing being done by the people and to the people and for the people. Even if it's not his doing. That is a true leader who loves his people. All right. So uh, President Trump talked about what's going to happen from the very beginning of his second term as president. Day one, we'll revoke Joe Biden's new executive order establishing Marxist diversity, equity and inclusion czars in every agency of the federal government and restore the principle of equality under the law. So we're going to do things that were different. You know, we had it all going. I got them all out of the military. And the day I left, they put them back in. These are highly paid people, 400,000, 450,000 to destroy our military, really. By design, of course. But if you've been on this program for any length of time, you know that this is all by design. Our military should be thinking about one thing, winning wars if we have to. Not thinking about which lawyer to hire if a colonel happens to be a little bit rude. Can you imagine some of these old movies, the great old movies, where they're being screamed at? Screamed at. Now they say, don't you dare talk to me that way. I'm going to sue your ass off. Can you believe? This is where we are now. It's crazy. And just as I signed the world's first ban on critical race theory in September, I will once again get this poisonous ideology out of our government. We're going to get this ideology right out of our government and out of our military and out of our lives because we don't want it. In other words, President Trump renewing his commitment to stripping American government of Marxism in any way, shape, or form, whether it's woke ideology or weakness or anything else. This is the kind of strength that we definitely need. Oh, remember when President Trump said this uh, during the State of the Union? This was a classic moment. Tonight, we renew our resolve that America will never be a socialist country. But in recent weeks, I've been laying out this uh, incredible agenda for 2024. It's a common sense agenda, conservative, I guess you could say, but I think common sense is almost a better term. Let me tell you some of what we will be doing as the 47th president of the United States. Okay? Let's start by saying that under no circumstances will we allow anyone to cut Medicare or Social Security for our nation's seniors. We're not going to allow that. They paid in, and you can't allow it, and you shouldn't allow it. You paid in, you paid your dues, and they can't do that. They can't do that. There are plenty, don't worry about it. There's plenty of areas for cut. 
So obviously they're President Trump refuting and fighting back against the false lies by Joe Biden in his State of the Union address saying that the Republicans wanted to cut that. President Trump just taking that off the table. And then he starts to fight back against the woke agenda of Biden and how, well, just listen to how he breaks down how Joe Biden truly is a puppet of China with his agenda. You know, electric's okay. I don't know anybody that really likes him too much, right? I know I have a friend. He's tired of driving for an hour and a half and having to get a recharge, you know? But uh, they buy him for the environment, but all the materials that make the batteries come out of China. You know that, right? Hello, Mr. President. Thank Hi. you so much for everything you've done for us. We, Thank you. We, we all love you. Thank you. We have a problem with all the three letter, a letter agencies in Washington, the CIA, the FBI. The so CIA. do I. What, what, what is your plan to, I hate to put it this way, but burn them down and start all over again? Yeah. They've, they've gotten out of control. They have. Uh, weaponization in some forms and other things. Uh, they have really gotten out of control. And uh, the only thing that can change that are the people. And we had, we did a lot of work and we were really getting down to a point that, you know, nobody could believe how well we were doing in that regard. But uh, we're going to have to do something about it. We're going to make changes and big changes. And that change has to start from the top. Now, I'll play the second half of, of his reply here. But the guy who asked a question, I think they said his name is Joe. It's correct. We need to burn it down. We need to we need to strip it and start all over again. And it's just they they are the enemy of the people. By making the people the enemy of the state, these agents of the state, the deep state, have become the enemy of the people. And President Trump says we got to do it from the top down. Yes, I agree. I sure hope that President Trump has learned his lesson. Now, if you knew around here. I, this is a Trump train channel. I volunteered for his campaign in 2016, voted for him in 2020 and 2016. I say that because we we might have some new people around here. And I know some people don't like it when you criticize President Trump. Everything he does to some people is 4D chess and he always knows what he's doing. President Trump has gotten some stinky people at the head. One of them, Christopher Ray, is still there. President Trump is to blame, partly, because he put Christopher Ray there. Now, he didn't know what he didn't know. I don't fault him for it, for putting Christopher Ray. Uh, Chris Christie told him to put him in there. He thought Chris Christie was on his side. He put him in there. But President Trump could have taken him out. He took out James Comey. Why didn't he take out Christopher Ray earlier? Very frustrating. And then President Trump says something surprising about the CIA which I don't think I've ever heard him say. He, perhaps he said it, but I've never, I've never heard him give uh, CIA kudos like this before. Uh, some agent, agencies are just stone cold. Now, they've gotten a lot of courage because they've been encouraged by the radical left Democrats. I mean, many of these people are, I don't even know if it's Biden, to be honest with you, but many of these people are just stone cold left, crazy Marxist communist people. President Trump has a point there. <laughs> These people, these institutions, these power players, these Marxists predate Biden. Remember, it was the same deep state before Biden, though part of the O'Biden, you know, Obama-Biden administration, that have been there and entrenched for years. And it's sort of like the border. Who wants to have an open border? Then you say, who wants to have a CIA like this? And who wants? And I have to say, when I was working with the CIA, we took out more 
terrorists than any other president. We were knocking them out left and right. And I really had a very good relationship with the CIA. They did a good job, but they certainly seem to be out of control right now. Uh, Mr. Trump, I love you, President Trump. Going to disagree with you for the most part. The CIA, they've been bad for a very long time. I mean, what was the precursor to CIA OSS? They were doing espionage in the war service and I would think the, that ever since they became the CIA, we've no longer been at war. The CIA has been at war with us. Very dangerous institution. But yes, you know, probably when Pompeo, the small, the short time that Pompeo was there, some things were getting done. And yeah, they helped them destroy ISIS. But overall, the CIA and the FBI are very stinky from the head way down, way down, not just at the top. So, folks, those are the uh, highlights I wanted to share uh, with you uh, from President Trump. Let me see here. I think I may have had one more clip I wanted to share with you. Uh, I, I think those are the highlights I want to share with you. Now, now to end this episode, I do want to show you uh, a segment that I alluded to in our previous episode that I would show you. It's kind of a non sequitur. It doesn't necessarily go with what we're talking about here because we already talked about East Palestine. But I wanted to show you the effects that some people are feeling in East Palestine from the train derail and from the chemical burn while FEMA is finally going, oh yeah, we'll help you out because President Trump is going to go there. While the uh, CEO of the train said, oh, we think everything is, it was good. That, that controlled burn went the way it was supposed to. Yeah, tell it to these people who are sick, getting rashes, getting headaches and are about to have a baby in what's essentially a ground zero war zone. The conditions are so bad that one woman who News Nation has been in contact with has rashes on her body after showering in which you spoke with a couple who's already having some negative health effects. The threat, the health threat is real here, real time. One woman, one couple we spoke to went back to their house. We'd interviewed them earlier in the week. They went back to their house today for 30 minutes and had some crazy health effects. Take a look. All right, I cut the part where she talks about how she was evacuated. She went somewhere else um, for shelter. So she wasn't in East Palestine for the last few days. She's been away, having been evacuated very early on. But this is what happened when she came back to her home for just a little bit. Caitlin Schwartzwelder and her boyfriend Chris, after being evacuated, came back home today. But she says she broke out in a rash almost instantly. I undressed to get into the shower and I had a rash all over the side of my face, on both sides and all over my chest. Take a look at these photos of her this morning after coming back on her property. The rash all over her face, neck and chest. Of course, the naysayers will say, oh, she probably had it before. This is just anecdotal. This is just one person. No, it's not. My boyfriend, Chris, also had a rash down his left side. And I mean, to, to this moment right now, I have just a, a really low grade, constant headache. They live nearly a mile from the derailment and where Norfolk Southern released the toxins into the air two weeks ago. But their issues clearly persist. A mile away. And they still have these symptoms. Now, there's a forgotten bunch of folks that we're not really hearing about that are also affected. And that is or are the people on the state line in the Pennsylvania side. They too are suffering, but because they're not at the epicenter, because they're not at ground zero, 
we're not hearing much about them. But News Nation did a good job going past East Palestine and finding other people that are having issues as well, including worries about their upcoming childbirth. My wife is uh, 30, 38, 37 weeks pregnant this Friday, and she's going to be induced. And uh, it's all a little scary because we can't drink the water, unable to get our water tested because we're not a priority as of now. So don't know what my newborn son is going to come home to. I'm sorry, folks. That one touched me as a father of four. Can you imagine the United States having to go through this? You have a child being born. You can't even drink the water. They're livestock. They don't know what the situation is with them. And they're just up in no man's land. But we're sending more freaking money and arms to Ukraine. Makes me absolutely sick. I was going to end with a little prayer. Folks, please pray for this brother and for other brothers and sisters. These are fellow Americans. These are our brothers and sisters going through this in Ohio and Pennsylvania. But I am so mad and livid right now. I probably should be praying right now. But I am just so angered. It's hard to get into the spirit of it. But I'm going to try. Father, please bless this family and all our brothers and sisters who are suffering greatly and are being ignored or are possible victims of evil skullduggery from our own government. Please help us help them come together in unity as a nation. Help these people and please help this father and his wife's situation and their newborn baby with health, strength, and healing if they are sick. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining me, folks. Caught me at a tender moment. Uh, I'll be back later with more news. Don't forget to check the links down below for our other show, BCP Unfiltered, and our other channel, uh, The BCP Report. Everything's down below. I'll be back later. Ciao, goodbye, God bless. Thanks for joining us on Open Source News. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and turn on the notifications bell so you don't miss out on any real news.